So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. And we're back, boys, and it's international time. Running Rugby Podcast, Leo, Toby, and Archie coming at you for another week. And we have internationals this weekend to talk about. Uh, we've just sat it down. The Maori All Blacks have just finished beating the Irish, well, I guess almost second team since they're, they're playing again in just three days. Um, the Maori All Blacks definitely took them down a notch. 32-17 final score it was 32-10 at halftime. Um, boys, any standouts from that game? Any takeaways you want to you want to make? Yeah, I think Zan Sullivan had a great game. I, I didn't stick around. I see the end of, end of match awards, but wouldn't surprise me if he ended up picking man of the match. Uh, just looked really solid at the back, positioned himself well. A couple of really excellent kicks. He's got great range on that boot. Picked up a, a like really good vision to pick up a, a 50 22 pinned the Irish right back and started the, they actually scored a try off the back of the following set of phases. So um, that sort of started that run in the set in the first half for the Mario Blacks. It just looked dominant, looked better in line out, better in scrum um, general play were, were more efficient at the ruck, got control of the ball themselves for themselves really easily and, and really slowed down the Irish um, so yeah, Zahn Sullivan and, and Joshuani at 10 as well, I think directed the team around pretty well. Um, Cullen Grace was good running the ball, good in, good in the close stuff. Aside from that, it's, no one really stood out, especially for the Irish. Like the, there wasn't really a standout. They didn't score that many points. Um, Bundy Aki got his try in the first half. That was just a good little bit of, um, set piece play off their scrum. Just a, you know, ran a, ran a good hole and was only 10 metres out, went over pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, and I think the second half, just the Mario Blacks wanted to throw the ball around, chip and chases, got pretty got pretty flighty with their with their attack, just one out kind of stuff. And we're pretty, we're pretty happy to concede penalties, to be honest. So they, they sort of let the Irish back a little bit. It just kind of deadlocked a bit toward the end of the game. Yeah, I think Sean Stevenson down that right-hand side in the first half was pretty destructive, um, making plenty of breaks and some good support play there. Um, but, yeah, generally, I think the weather played a part in this and the Irish probably that's not an excuse for them. They play in plenty of conditions like this with a bit of rain and I think their handling wasn't up to scratch. So not sure how many guys from this team will actually get into the 23 for Saturday. There might be none of them. Um, Ken Healy, I think, picked up and an injury perhaps I think in, in this game. And there's, um, you know, it, it, it makes me think that Mac Hansen's going to get a start on the wing in the first 15 for Ireland, which is pretty exciting. I hate if, to, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news toes, but Mac Hansen's got COVID. Oh, okay. Great. As of when? All the best players. As Will of Jordan, Mac Hansen. Yeah. All right. Well, they must have a big squad over here. I don't know how many they were carrying. I think they brought 40 over. So, I feel, like they're gonna, I feel like they need more then. I mean, that means some will actually feature in this game, in the next game, obviously. Um, six odd. But, yeah, 
I look, I wasn't particularly impressed with Ireland. No. I thought maybe they could come out and win this game. Just the, the Maori All Blacks with their just, I think, it's a bit like the Chiefs, just with that raw talent and willing just to play from anywhere. Um, they can score points. And I'm surprised they didn't actually get any in the second half there. Mm. Um, but generally, yeah, I think it could be ominous signs for Ireland if they're carrying some injuries and they're not quite up to speed, maybe with this type of Southern Hemisphere play. Well, we will see the um, All Blacks again. They will play Ireland again in another midweek game um, in a week and a bit. Uh, so we'll see if there is any improvement. Lots of debutants, new names in this Irish um, team that played tonight, I think five or six guys that had never pulled on the jersey before. So um, at least a few of them get gaining a little bit of experience over in a new country in the Southern Hemisphere. Surely that's overkill, though, having a second Maori All Blacks game in a midweek fixture where, you know, yeah, it might be great for fans, but I think that squad, if they're truly looking to to win this series against the All Blacks, I think it's a big ask having a few of them back up, um, you know, midweek and mm. could contribute to injuries, you know, like I think that's a bit disruptive as well. So, you know, great that they're getting that exposure, but I think if the overall goal is the All Blacks and getting a couple of wins on the board, that's going to be hard for them. It does seem strange to me that um, the Māori All Blacks are playing in this game and they're not, like, trying to join in the Pacific Nations Cup like the Australian A team is um, because that surely would be just a couple more sort of games where you can actually... Um, see if anyone can push their way into that sort of all-black squad for the rugby championship as opposed to, yeah, these sort of exhibition games that don't sort of give you too much um, in terms of sort of real value after a first little sort of while. Things that I've sort of um, seen put out was sort of Irish definitely tried to do this rush defence um, and really get up in the faces of people, didn't particularly pull it off, it seems like, in that, but we'll see whether that's something that they will be continuing on versus the all-blacks on the weekend. Um, we'll talk about that game a little bit more in a sec, but we'll start off. And the first game that we're going to see is, again, in the Pacific Nations Cup on the weekend, and that's on Saturday afternoon. You've got Samoa and Australia A, followed by Fiji and Tonga. I just wanted to see if you guys have any thoughts um, on these. It's very sort of hard to pick what's going to happen here. You have Australia A and maybe Fiji probably having a little bit more continuity and a few more combinations that know each other, but then you look at the players that Tom has brought in um, and they're going to change from, I'm sure, being a team that what got beaten by, I think, 100 points um, by the All Blacks last year to becoming potentially um, uh, might even become favourites after this weekend for this competition. Favourites, you reckon? That's that's a big call. I know they're bringing people like Israel Folau in, um, but I, I still think that sort of player like, the Australians obviously know him pretty well. He won't have changed that much since we last saw him. And I'm sure you take a couple of those sorts of guys out of the game um, through your tactics. Uh, I don't think they'll, they'll add too much if they can if they can contain them. Like they're more likely to probably start playing one out and trying to do too much. And then you can pick them apart when they start being too loose with the ball would be what I expect. I, I would think the Australia A team is in the box seat here to, to dominate and the, the form of some of these players in that squad, considering you've got some guys who are basically fringe fringe or, or almost to be picked Wallabies, guys like even McWright, who, you know, would be in the Wallabies, but for the captain and the, and the 
the legacy of Hooper. Um, there's plenty of talent there that should be playing like a, a, a half-strength Wallabies team and, and comfortably dealing with these other sides. Fiji, I would also think, like you said, Arch, the continuity coming out of the Super Rugby competition. They've got some great players there and they've built some great momentum, some couple of wins and, and a couple of really good close games. They should definitely be a feature. Yeah, I think it's a huge benefit for, you know, the Australian players generally that they get to compete in this sort of competition. Um, you'd normally see the wider squad not really playing um, many proper games if they're um, on the fringe there, maybe some club rugby, but to actually line up against some top-tier nations or, you know, arguably top-tier nations, they're, they're going to get some really good exposure and be able to keep their their match fitness up and be ready if they need to to come in against England at some point in the next three games. So I think that's huge for Australia generally. I think it's a good look for the game and having this competition running at the same time. And, um, yeah, you've got to expect Fiji to be pretty decent off the back of hopefully some new players coming in from Super Rugby and that, um, you know, that drew a team. But... I'm eager to see Israel Flau. I think, you know, regardless of what's happened in the past, I want to see if he's still got it on the field and lining up next to someone like Charles Piertau, I think it could be a really dangerous back three for, for Tonga. Um, whether they'll be, you know, quite strong enough across the board to really dominate, time will tell. But someone like Israel Flau, the athleticism, um, I just want to see him scoring tries again. So I'm pretty excited to see that one. So would you guys back Australia A and Fiji then in this these first two games? The the talent you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, going on to sort of more of our frontline sort of internationals here. And the first one we'll see is All Blacks Island, Eden Park. Um, we already mentioned slightly that um, well, we mentioned that Ireland's had injuries with um, Ian Henderson, the lock out for the entire the entire um, series, unfortunately. Then Mac Hansen, obviously not eligible for this game. Um, All Blacks have suffered even more um, with half their coaching staff. They've fast-tracked Joe Smith into um, the coaching um, team there because they didn't have enough players, uh, coaches on the ground. They've lost um, Goodhue and Havili. Uh, to COVID, Will Jordan also out and Richie Moanga apparently dealing with sickness. So quite a, a few sort of big names or the, um, a lot of players from the Crusaders team that we were expecting to off that, the showing off a strong final, we're going to get to start in this and suddenly opens the door for what, for Barrett, for Rico Yuani, a few of these names to make sure that they lock down a starting spot. Yeah, massive opportunity. I guess, and that's exactly what I was saying the other week was Barrett, I think, should be maintaining his um, stance as, as a 10, trying to take that 10 jersey back from Moanga, who I believe is the better choice. And this is the exact situation where you want to be straight in, have a, have a ripping game and make it really hard for the selectors to take you back out, even when Moanga's fit, because you've now got that momentum and you've got the... Um, I suppose the, the experience against the Irish side, it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity for him and he should really be, um, you know, in the box seat after this. Unfortunately for Richie, he's going to have to maybe even wait till the three-test series is decided or, or get into the rugby championship before he gets another chance if Barrett plays well. All right. What's your, what's your pick for 
the game and plus a line. I've got I've got the odds here. Um, look, I think this, despite some of the disruptions that that New Zealand's been facing, I think Joe Smith coming in, having that knowledge of some of the key Irish players, will be really helpful to the All Blacks. Even though you know you would have loved to see Scotty Robertson maybe drop in and, and assist, I think they kind of had to do this given he's the next in line and Joe Smith probably isn't in the box seat now for the All Blacks position. Um, line, I would say the bookies will have it maybe around the, I think, eight and a half range. I think the All Blacks can win by 10 plus. Um, I was feeling a bit more bullish on Ireland before, but I get the sense the All Blacks will be out to make an impression. And there are some guys that will get an opportunity here that, you know, may not have if the, the, the Crusaders guys hadn't got COVID. So I think they'll be really up for it. And, yeah, at Eden Park, you got to back the All Blacks, I think. Yeah, I agree that those favourites will obviously be the All Blacks, whether it's by eight and a half. I think the bookies will still have them stronger, even with those key guys out. Um, the Irish, I don't think they've done themselves any favours <clears throat> with this with this team performance tonight. It's sort of showed some of their tactics and uh, I think if these guys aren't executing that rush defence well, what are the what is the actual team going to do and, and how much of a surprise will it be now that they've kind of shown their hand a little bit? I think the bookies will probably have them out by more like 10.5, maybe 11. No, I'm going to do a 10.5. Um, because I think even with those key All Blacks out, they've got so much depth. They've got familiar faces, incumbents like Rico. Um, they'll be they'll be still heavily favoured. Yeah, on the money there, ten and a half is the line that they have the All Blacks to win this one by. Okay, so probably what we really want to talk about, boys, is the Wallabies England. Um, so I have a line up here for it. Um, unfortunately, we have, again, there's been a couple of injuries and players not going to be available. Um, Taniella Tupo, probably the biggest concern, still lingering calf injury there, um, meaning that we may see James Slipper have to drop to the bench to cover a sort of um, tight head, um, which may well not be his best position, but we don't really have another sort of option there. Um, and then someone like Jed Holloway, Jed Holloway, um, also not going to be available. And it did seem like Rennie was sort of touting him to potentially get a get a start here. Um, so throws a bit of a spanner in the works of who we're going to start in our second row there as well. What's what's your guys' feeling and what we're going to see out of this Wallabies team? It's really it's unfortunate Tupo uh, and Jed, whether he's going to start or not, to, to miss out on this first one. Like it'd be nice to be involved from the start, build some momentum and I think guys like that, particularly Taniella, would really give our forward pack an edge. Uh, I feel like now it's it's almost an even match, um, particularly around scrum time. Like our scrum should be solid, but they'll probably put Gus Bell in and uh, loose head to get a bit more ball running and, and uh, physicality there. But that might hurt our scrum a little bit um, compared to what we could have had. So... That's unfortunate. I think they'll still be very focused on their forward platform, though, with uh, the the deep Brumbies um, numbers in, in the ranks there, that, that rolling more, the line-out dominance, that'll be two key features. And England are a bit the same. They like having that set-piece dominance. I think we are at least an even match for them 
can't wait to see Darcy tearing his way through the middle of an English mall um, and, and showing them how to do it because no one's really dismantled malls like he has that I've seen in quite a while. It's like informed Brody Retallick stuff. So um, that's, that's, I think, the key because our not knowing what our backs, particularly the halves pairing is going to be, you'd like to have the continuity um, with O'Connor, but it's, it, he might not be quite fit. It means maybe Quay's getting dropped in there, which is was the the talisman last year. We had those five wins in a row, um, but it's you know it's another year older, another year uh, away from the squad and away from the Australian players for quite some time. Um, I think that the forwards will be under pressure to take the the platform off the backs and and really get uh, a nice stable platform for them to not be too expansive but um certainly certainly come into the game once that's been established by the forwards yeah my my real worry is with Taniela not being there that it does disrupt where slipper plays and i just don't trust angus bell scrummaging against someone like england um consistently and I think I've still I still have concerns around Alalatoa as well, actually being a starting tight head. But there's no one else. I think Pone is carrying an injury. Um, so then you're looking at Sam Talakai. So it really does mean that they're they're forced to drop Slipper to the to the bench to cover tight head. Um, Co hopefully carries over some of his super form, but we've seen it international level recently as well. He's had some question marks. So I think that really weakens our our front row. And then if you got throw Parecki in the mix starting, for example, I think it can mm. be there's a lot of uncertainty there against, I think, a more experienced and more maybe even more powerful type five for England. So I'm a bit concerned. And I think as well, like you say, Leo, not having avail- not having Jet available means that Matt Phillip probably is going to get the start, which again is quite disappointing from my perspective. I don't think he's been that great. I don't think so. Um, I think he'll be on the bench. I reckon they'll start the Brumbies. Look, I hope so. All the teams I'm seeing predicted. All the teams I'm seeing predicted have Phillips starting with Darcy. And I hope that's wrong. But I think if you throw in, if you if you got that front row as I've just talked about, and then you're throwing Philip, and and even though Darcy's been great, he's still pretty inexperienced. I think that type five is incredibly vulnerable. Um as compared to having Slipper, you know, even I'd probably be starting for Laufaenga, but Slipper, Faenga and Taniela Tupo with Jed and Darcy, I think would be the ideal, but it's just not going to happen. What do you reckon the bookies have this game settled at? Obviously in Perth has been a bit of a powerhouse for the Wallabies in recent years. Um, some big wins they've had over there. I looked you- at it last week. So yeah. I, I haven't looked at it last few days, but I know the Wallabies were pretty heavy favourites last week when the squad was announced, um, like into a dollar fifty or something to win this game. I think I, I would say that's probably changed a little bit. I think the Wallabies will still be favourites, but it'll only be like you know three points, three and a half points. Yeah, I'm a bit um, concerned that it will have come in quite a lot. I'll I'll push out to six and a half. Um, maybe on some optimism, maybe off England's Barbarians' defeat and just shellacking. But um, certainly those forward, the guys missing in action in the forwards are a concern. It's good, though. I mean, aside from the 
uncertainty around the halves, the backs are looking super strong. Like to have Karevi and Lenny, um, Tom Wright, Banks, Marika, like this, the Callaway, heaps of options, all class players. Uh, I think when we've seen them play together, they've, they've really started to gel this last 12 months as well. So um, not to be overlooked, I think hopefully they see a lot of value there and, and that boosts us out a bit. Mm. Um, so they've got it down at four and a half, so just closer to Toby there. But, yeah, I agree, Leo. And, like, they're talking about um, there's been a few stories about Quaid, like, reaching out to Marcus Smith and then having conversations over the last little while. Um, the Marcus Smith-Owen Farrell 10-12 combination sounds like is what we're going to get, which I'm actually quite excited for because I can't wait to just run Karevi, like, straight at Farrell, run Lenny <laughs> straight at Farrell over and over again. And he'll yeah, end but up... you know what will happen. Well, he'll end up making a mistake. He won't get sent off. No, there's no way he won't get sent off again. There's... Probably will this time. Yeah, it's so, red card. Yeah, so that's that's. I want to know I... who the ref is for this match. That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, I mean, what we what we had last year versus the French, we had a couple of the English referees, um, which I think actually did a really good job um, for the majority of, of these. Um, so I, I hope that we get. Um, maybe a little bit of a difference, change it up. We don't want just those our same Kiwi refs coming back over and doing it. I feel like we need something a little bit different coming forward. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with the vulnerability. The vulnerability um, in our Type Five um, does definitely worry me um, with these injuries, and hopefully um, these guys stand up. I think the back row is really interesting. We've got plenty of options there, and some big bodies running around. Hopefully Wilson gets to start with Valentini and Hooper. Valentini um, came out and said he prefers playing number six like he does at the Brumbies. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think he's fine at six. I don't know why they kept kind of persisting with him necessarily at number eight. He doesn't change his game that much. No. Um, but apparently <clears throat> apparently Billy Vonapol is going to get a start. You're probably going to see Tom Curry in there. Um it's whether you see Toje and Courtney Laws in the second row, bit of an old school combination there, um, and Jamie George at hooker side. There's a lot of good players coming in for England, I think, in the forwards yeah. at least. So I think we've definitely got the edge in the backs. Um, Coconut, Coconut, Singer, he might Coca-Singer. be starting. Yeah, after he's yeah after he's been quite. He's gone through a lot of injuries. He's a huge he's been guy, in and out. Yeah, a lot. maybe a bit, a bit of bit of um, risk playing him. I think we'll carve it up in the backs. It's just whether Can we're we going to have trouble setting the platform. Mm. Yeah, platform conceding penalties to England. I just think they're a very savvy team. They're going to know where to target us. I think they're really going to contest the ruck heavily. Um, as you were seeing a little bit with Ireland in the Maori All Blacks game, they were trying to spoil. And England are quite skillful at that. So if we're not in on our game in terms of clean outs, I think that could be a, a, an issue for us. Um, although having someone like Ala Latella there probably helps with that. He's got a really good work rate around the park, probably more so than Taniella. So maybe Philip and Ala Latella help in that way. And you've got Bell with the carries more. So I think it can still work. I just think we need to be a bit wary of this England team, even at some of the older guys that maybe have been written off in the past. I think they'll be really fired up to make an impression. Got the officials here. Uh, Australia versus England referee is going to be James Dolman, who's a New Zealand rugby referee. I'm sure I'd recognise if I saw him, but the name doesn't ring a bell. Um, And and Andrew Brace and Craig Evans from the Northern Hemisphere on the sides, Brennan Pickerel 
is our TMO. So it's probably okay. not too bad. No New Zealand have got Carl right. Dixon, who's Pickle. an English ref. Wait, is that the Kiwi guy as well? Yeah, Kiwi yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, he's he's okay. Uh, on the TMO, I think he's all right. But um, interesting, yeah. So they've gone, it's all neutral referees for all these matches. So, like, Angus Garden has been shipped off to the assistant ref one for South Africa at Loftus. And Nick Berry's running the Argentina-Scotland game in San Salvador. So, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not going to be familiar faces. Probably going to be a lot like this um, through this series. They're going to be bringing in some of the maybe we might see won't see Barnes, but we might see some of is, the Irish or or Welsh referees. French, I reckon. So is the French referees? Did you say well. who's who's refing the Kiwi Island game? Carl Dixon. Who's uh, English, uh, English and Wayne Barnes yeah. on the sideline? Surprising. Um, I thought Barnes would get that gig. I know Peter he just Park. did the game tonight, but yeah, he did. Thought, yeah, he did just do the game tonight. He's pretty highly regarded. He'll probably said. get the third. I reckon he'll get the third and final test for them. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of some of those other games, yeah, obviously have the Springboks hosting Wales, um, and they've put out the Springboks team already. Um, with pretty minimal changes from what you'd expect from the last World Cup team, really. They don't have Andre Pollard there. They've got Damien Willems starting at 15. Um, they don't have Peter Steftatoy or Vermeule in there, so you've got Jasper Vise, um at eight. And I think Mostert starting on the, in the second row. Oh, no, on the, on the side of the scrum um, with Lou Diagra and Evan Etzebeth as well. So pretty pretty familiar lineup there. Um what do you think uh, happens against this Welsh team that's obviously struggled a little bit in the last couple of years? I don't think much changes. I think the South Africans will have them for dinner. It's probably more they like a 14, 14 and a half um, points at least. I think they should be should be able to take care of the Welsh. Unfortunately, hearts with the Welsh, but yeah, the South Africans are still class side. They're going to F them up physically. It's what they're going to do. Watch. It's going to be a big. That's a big pack that they've named. Mm. Um, at home, you always have to back South Africa. Um, you know they've come off some mixed form in the last couple of years. Haven't played much. I think they'll be looking to get back on track. Obviously, before next year, they probably need to inject some more youth into their team as they go along. But yeah, I think at home they should get it done. They should be favoured by. Yeah, what, 10 and a half. So they've got them out at 19 and a half um, on the New Zealand bookies. So, yeah, not, much, not much confidence in the Welsh team. Um, but, yeah. Internationals should never be quite that. Like, these are tier one nations. Yeah. It's a bit sad that it's out nearly 20 points. I think Wales yeah. aren't that bad. That's a bit. I mean, they, I mean, they did lose to Italy in their last rich. game. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway. All right. What about what about Argentina, Scotland? Uh, that's a bit more difficult to to wrap your head around. Obviously, Scotland so up and down. Scot- really, Scotland Argentina are good though. The same. I'd probably back Scotland. If Finn Scotland. Russell. Uh, you think, the, you think the bookies are backing Scotland, or you're going to? No, back I would back Scotland. I think the bookies would probably back Argentina at home under Checker. Um, what do you think? I reckon Puma's by two and a half. 
I really didn't understand why Eddie Jones was still talking about Michael Checker this week and now they're going to have exchange and barbs because he's he's off coaching the Pumas, right? Like, where's... It's a love-hate love relationship. He's, like, trying to bring him into, like, something. I'm like, he's not even in the country, mate. What are you doing? I don't know if they actually hate each other. I feel like they're friends. No, I think they do like each other. Yeah. I like feel like it's just a pot. big joke. But as, like, I think it's just They probably classic. laugh at what they can get reported. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, because they're so close and they have a history, like they can say these things and, and laugh about it later. Whereas with Rennie, I think he doesn't quite have that history, Eddie Jones. Like, they're actually probably just more acquaintances and they're, you know, friendly yeah, with each other. They have to be, like, quite respectful to each other. Yeah, whereas he knows Checkers so well that he can say pretty much anything and it's not going to yeah. really impact them. So. I think it's 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 funny it's still being talked about. I'm sure Checker really is still long term looking to have another shot at the Wallabies. I'm not sure he's going to get it though. Mm. Um, Leo, did you have a margin you reckon for Argentina Scotland? Yeah, I mean this one feels like a bit of a toss up. Um, I assume I assume the Argentinians will be favoured, but what did you say, Tobes? Two and a half, three and a half. Oh. oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll go the over. I'll go four and a half, but I, I can't see it being much of a difference. It wouldn't even surprise me if Scotland were favoured, to be honest. No, five and a half to the Pumas. Um, okay. Yeah. But Aaron's just getting a home ground advantage in this. Yeah, I think first, first, first feeling out. Yeah, you always got to give the home team um, advantage because yeah. it's much like Test cricket, they always seem to um, take most of the wins. Um, other games on the weekend, Japan and France, I don't have the odds for that. I know Japan did absolutely thrash Uruguay um, last weekend, um, just to put a bit as of statement as a, yeah, as you'd expect them to do, but they're doing the right thing in terms of having a good playing game. What what Ireland, I, sh- I assume, would have hoped to do to the um, Murray All Blacks tonight, um, just get everyone's confidence up that way as they go against a tough, tough opponent <laughs> in the French um, so interesting to see how that tops up as well. Um, other results over the weekend, we did have the Major League Rugby wrap-up with um, New York Rugby United um, taking their maiden title um, out there as well over Seattle. Um, so congratulations to them. Um, I think the final game for Andy Ellis, um, playing halfback for them, he snagged a try as well uh, in that game. So good job there. Again, still a little bit of the controversy with the Giltinis, Gilgronis um, thrown out of that competition. Um, we'll see whether any further sort of sanctions happen to them um, come the 2023 season. I was just going to say, hopefully they, they can sort that out pretty quickly because I think that competition is still looking to dramatically expand and grow their audience as we've talked about before, the US won that 20, 2031 World Cup. So there's a lot of work to be done before then to make sure this competition is in good shape and attracting, you know, really good talent. Because at the moment, it's a spot for guys to land towards the end of their career. But I think as we go along, we're going to see a lot more guys go there in their prime um, if the money's right. And um, it could be a comparable market to somewhere like Japan eventually. So I think it it would be wise, I think, for the, them to look at the long-term view here and, and not get too many people offside. But, I mean, the salary cap issues have to be sorted out and, um, yeah, the Giltinis can't just be winning it every year because they're overpaying their players or the Gilgronis, whoever is committing, um, you know, they're on the wrong side of things. But, yeah, hopefully it comes good because I think it's uh, it could be quite a reasonable competition going forward. 
I was only going to say that uh, I've got the other refs and you were bang on about Wayne Barnes has got the third game. We've got Andrew Brace from Ireland with Paul Williams on the sides for game two and game three is a guy that I think is actually pretty good is Paul Williams from New yeah, Zealand. I'm happy with that. As long as Ben talks, talks, there, talks to the players well, keeps it pretty yeah. clear. Where, where's Ben O'Keefe? <laughs> He's, um, I did see that. He He's reffing Argentina, Scotland, point. third game. Is he? That's uh, that's the first away, I could mate. see him. I think that's, he must be having a few weeks. I think he's, I think he's being punished, hundred percent. I hope so. Oh, there he is, Ben O'Keefe. He's on the sideline for their second game under Matthew Reynal. That's funny that he's got sent to Argentina. I thought he would be wanting to get the South African games, surely. I mean, it's it's not much punishment though, is it? Go and have a few Malbecs and nice steak. Yeah, it's exactly. Not work too hard, but maybe they're rewarding him. I mean, maybe he got his first pick. He's like, I don't want to go to Australia or South Africa. I'll go to Argentina. Thanks. Fair enough. Um, all right, boys, let's let's wrap it up there. Um, we will be back next week to follow up the, all the first week one results of these internationals. I can't believe we're finally here. Get to pull out your Wallabies jersey, dust that off to put it on um, come Saturday afternoon, first for the Australia A team and then for Australian Wallabies versus England. Um, all those Pacific Nations Cups games are being streamed on Stan as well. So you've got an entire afternoon of rugby with those starting from about just after midday and then pushing all the way through to after midnight with the Springboks and early into Sunday morning with the Pumas as well, um, just in case you're, you're desperate for more and more rugby. So plenty to see with all of those. It's going to be pouring on the East Coast on Saturday, Arch, so what else would you be doing? Stay inside and turn it all on for midday. Absolutely. A few cool drinks, a bit of hot food, and rugby for hours and hours on end. Who could ever be upset with that idea? Um, Sorry. No, no. Um, As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Instagram, on Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast or on Twitter at Running Rugby Pod um, and liking and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts um, from myself, Leo and Toby the Cow. Um, Keep on running. Run.